Hey you guys, welcome back to our Restore 7 channel. And I'm here with my parents, Johnny and Elizabeth and Lo. If you are listening, then you're missing out because we're sitting in front of the beautiful Christmas tree and we have our dogs who might add to the experience tonight. So you should watch it on YouTube. Um, if you're wondering why we're holding our phones, it's because we're using them as microphones right now. We don't have all our equipment set up yet because we just moved. So this is what we have right now. Um, but recently on social media, we opened it up for you guys to send in any questions that you have for Johnny Elizabeth about what's going on in the world. And there's some obvious topics that you guys will probably guess how we're asked about a million times, things like COVID and the vaccine and what's going on in the world. Um, and then some other random questions too. So without further ado, let us Let's begin. <laughs> All right. So the first question, dad, I'll let you start us off with this one because this is kind of specifically for you, but, um, a lot of people were asking about the vaccine and is it safe? And, um, some people were mentioning that Kat Kerr has said that it is safe. Um, while others are pointing out other reasons that they don't think it's safe. So what do you have to say? All right. So <clears throat> I'll just say right up front, I wouldn't take the vaccine just based on everything that I've heard. I don't have a word from the Lord on it. It was unclear to me. I heard the part where Kat Kerr was saying, don't worry about it. And I don't know if that came, I would have liked her to clarify, did that come from herself or did she have uh, the Lord tell, tell her that? Because with everything we've heard, and I don't know if anybody's really been able to do the the thorough investigation of the ingredients in there. You heard all kinds of strange things about it. And, um, you know, just on one aspect on President Trump and why he would advance that or why he would promote it. Uh, you know, I think he just, he's just aware that I don't know what percentage, a third of the nation or maybe half are in some level of fear of the COVID. And so, you know, he's already made the statements for himself that the HCQ was good. And then he talked about having these other therapeutics that he used and that he will never have to take a, you know, that's, that's made him immune forever. And so I think his, his take is just, well, if you're still going to be fearful about it and you don't want to go with the other things that I've mentioned, then okay, do, do the vaccine. But I don't, I, I'm not excited about it. Justice probably has a thought on it uh, as well. Yeah, do you have a thought, Mom? I do. Um, I have a thought on more of the the statement you made about about Cat Kerr. Yeah. Um, I love Cat. I love my husband, who's also very prophetic. Um, I personally feel like the prophetic has its place, but it's not to tell us. Uh, what to do or not to do. And so I'm pretty sure she was just saying it based on her perspective. Even if she said, you know, God told me that the vaccine is safe. I think we're all responsible to ask Holy Spirit for ourselves. Yeah. And, um, it's not, it's not something you can confirm in scripture or not confirm in scripture. So you have to ask the Lord yourself and for your household and, weigh the risks. Um, and I, I think with all vaccines, not just the COVID vaccine, there are risks. That's what I want to talk about. I thought <laughs> yes. that might be a good segue for <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think 
spiritually, if you want to talk about like scriptural aspect of considering vaccinations, we're told that our body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. And um, it's made clear throughout scripture that our body does matter and how we take care of it does matter. And so I don't think that we should just take a vaccine without of any kind or any kind of medication without really seriously researching it and understanding. Um, and I know a lot of Christians don't like to go to science, but um, science does have a place. And unfortunately, the argument of go to the science has been used to silence people mm-hmm. um, who actually have researched and research. have looked at the science of things. Um, and it's been used to actually counter actual science with uh, misleading statistics and misinformation. So even before the COVID vaccine, I had already kind of arrived at um, a very, very uh, cautious position towards vaccinations in general, um, because of my own research separately and different health issues that I faced. And if you want to learn more about that, there's a really amazing book that I read called the vaccine friendly plan. And I can't remember who it's by. I think his name is Dr. Michael something, but if you just look up the vaccine friendly plan, it's really good, um, perspective on vaccinations and how to navigate that. (laughs) I would also add, um, you know, my parents are in their late seventies and they did get COVID, but their immune systems were so strong because they, um, both do a lot with, uh, whole food supplements. And I think there are things that we could put our energy and our focus into to boost our immune systems that would help us, um, feel more safe for flus in general. Um, I know for us, and I'm, you know, do your own research for us. We take zinc and um, a good vitamin D and uh, high C. doses of vitamin C and a bunch of other supplements. Yeah. But those three are really great with, with boosting your immune system. Having too much sugar lowers your immune system. And sugar isn't just in sugar. Sugar is in, you know, very high carb diet. So there are things that you can do if your body is worn down to boost your immune system and to move more and be more active. And I know the substantial question was, have we heard, is there a prophetic word towards it. There's not. We're telling you just uh, outside of the prophetic, what we've seen and learned. And and as well, that you probably shouldn't go based on someone else's prophetic word on that. That's something for you to do the research and follow up. (laughs) Definitely. Um, So leading off of that question, this is a similar question, but uh, you have been very uh, open about your position on masking <laughs> on your social media. So can you talk a little bit about that? What if somebody feels scared and they want to wear a mask or, um, you know, on airlines and those kinds of things? How do you navigate that, I guess? Well, uh, you know, I, I do put on a mask when I have to go into a place that it's either going to be a fight, you know, if I'm going to go to the coffee place and, and they're going to do it. He'll do on. anything for coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I have a general uh, bad attitude, uh, anywhere from bad attitude or, or anger to the mask, because I know there's there's a, an agenda behind it. It's not good science. The, the data in all kinds of ways proves that it's it's not a good idea. In fact, that it's making it worse in so many ways. And and then I know that that's being censored as well. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm OK. We have some friends that are absolute rebels and, and take advantage of every opportunity they can to make it known that they're not putting the mask on. Yeah, if it makes you feel better, 
and your fear level feels feels you know feels better with it then then go ahead you know maybe your confidence in your mask will upgrade your immune system somehow <laughs> even though i'm not sure how yeah and i think kind of sorry i'll have a comment about this but <laughs> i have a more political comment because i think regardless of what the science shows about it clearly there is no um like political precedent for our legislators to require us to wear masks like that is so clearly against um our constitutional rights and absolutely it's and so um even from a law perspective you have um like it's okay maybe this i hope it's okay for me to say this but (laughs) i I think that it's okay to encourage civil disobedience in this situation when the thing that you're being asked to obey is something that violates the 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 law of our land which is the constitution and in fact our founding fathers encouraged civil disobedience when our basic human rights were being violated and rights that they saw were given to us by god i totally agree with you justice and it's a good time as any i don't know if they'll be in the question in the questions there we know um cheon from h rock church in pasadena as well as andrew womack What's the name of his church and ministry? I can't remember. I they have both name. both both won Supreme Court uh, cases, allowing them to um, I think meet almost without restrictions because that that is the big concern. Is once we know the science on it, then it should be decision of people, you know, personal people, Americans, and in, in the context of of churches, the pastors can let people know. Listen, we're going to do it, and if you don't feel safe, stay home, watch online. But the violation of civil liberties is is what's just off the chart. And I'm shocked at how America has allowed itself to be suppressed. Yeah. And literally, we would be just uh, people, you know, the, the quote, feared mark of the beast that some of you are asking about as well. Seems like it would be so easy because we all we do is uh, you throw out some fear at the American people and apparently and we'll, we'll give up. we'll accept anything. Yeah, we'll accept anything is unfortunately the way it looks in a lot of ways. I think at some point we're going to have to make some hard decisions. Um, and I know we're waiting on the election to pass and all of that, but I think there may come a time where we have to all decide, hey, on such and such date, we're going to all stop wearing our masks. And if we can't shop in certain stores for a while, let them feel it, you know? Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, that's an opportunity to support small businesses because I guarantee you small businesses will step up to the plate in that situation. And then the other thing is that I know that this, I think y'all would agree with this as well, but we would, if anybody's religious rights, it doesn't matter if they're Muslim, Jews, Hindu, whoever it is, no one should have that right to be able to get together and worship their God um, taken from them. And even if we don't agree with them, like we, we want everyone to have that right. Yeah. And and so anybody who's being restricted in that way, I know I saw a ton at the beginning of Jewish families in New York mm. City being yeah. very oppressed and not being allowed to congregate in the synagogue. Um, so any of those situations we feel are wrong, not just when Christians are being violated because we need to fight for religious freedom for all people or else we don't get it either. Okay. Um, mom, this is, uh, we've got two questions that are specifically, you're going to know the answer to, okay. <laughs> but they're a little bit more logistical. When will the rise app be launched? The question we all want to know yes. the answer to. <laughs> we are so excited about the rise app, rise global community. Um, Chris is working very hard, someone near and dear to your heart, 
Just a little. (laughs) (laughs) Chris is Justice's boyfriend, but he's also the COO of Restore 7, and he is um, brilliant related to things technology-wise, but especially apps. He has built apps before. So we're on the final stages, and I'm just reporting what he's reported to me. Um, Bonnie's trying to get to you. I think she wants... <laughs> you know, Bonnie, she wants I want you to hold her. You're going to have to stay with me. Yeah. Um, anyway, the app should be available first quarter of... 2021. Wow, it's exciting. And it's, I can't say a specific date yet because we're, um, we, uh, by the end of this month, December, we're going to have our final version of it. Um, and then we have some tests in place and we might even be seeing if some of you would help us uh, test the app and we'll be reaching out when it's time to do that. We're also going to be launching in um, the island nation of Aruba first because they will allow us to kind of have a a contained beta test of a small nation. They have about 110,000 citizens and we're very close to uh, the largest church there. And they speak Papiamento, which includes English and Spanish, and the app is coming out in English and Spanish at the same time. So we'll get to to test both at the same time. It's exciting. It's very exciting. And we're really excited about what the app has to offer for, um, for all of you. It's an opportunity to connect with each other, but with the purpose of kingdom um, advancement in the areas of culture that you care about. It has an amazing search filter on it where you're going to be able to find people by location and by areas of interest. And it's just going to be a really cool organic community. I'm excited. So a similar question, but when is the Peru documentary going to be released? (laughs) Wow. The Peru documentary is also something we're thrilled about. Um, It's, as I'm sure for many of you, there's certain things that you thought you would be able to accomplish this year, maybe in your work or whatever, and, and weren't able to because of COVID. Our producer is um, from Brazil, and he is in lockdown, so he's not able to leave his country to come here and help us finish the final stages of producing it. Um, but we're very close. And then there's also this component of the nations literally are changing so much right now and the documentary is about peru and we don't know how this might end (laughs) we might have an even better ending to the story that we're telling so sometime this year is the goal yeah this next year 2021 just so brazil doesn't get a bad rap i'm not sure that they're locked down right now but for most of the year we couldn't uh, we well, weren't able traveling. To... Um, there's travel bans. I believe that the U.S. plays travel bans. Is it still to? I thought um, it. Op- I know it opened it up to changed. Miami. At least it opened up. So soon we're hoping to be soon able. Soon we're to... hoping to bring him up yeah. and finish up the documentary. I'm hoping soon we can just travel. <laughs> I want to go places <laughs> now. Why isn't there a mountain of science? People are asking who are in the medical field why that wouldn't fall under a an eighth mountain mountain of science. So, so take it away. Uh, yeah, I think I saw that question, the medical sciences. And first of all, everything to do with medical, we do put that on the mountain of family. Everything to do with um, doctors, nurses, counseling, anything that makes people better, anything that uh, provides healing for individual, individuals, that is on the mountain of, of family. Science, it just depends what it 
um, what it's a science of. You know, there's, as you pointed out, I think in the question, medical science, and then there's other science that would just be, uh, it would go into education, and there could be a science that goes into uh, business or economy as well. Bottom line, we don't, we didn't make up the seven mountain concept that's biblical. It comes out of Revelation 17. It says there are seven mountains. And so to add an eighth mountain because we figured out how to put science there would be like definitely going extra biblical and outside of the pattern of seven everything, you know, the seven colors of the rainbow, the seven spirits of God, the seven pillars that it speaks of in Proverbs. So that's a reason not to go into eight. You know, even some people have done uh, eight, nine, and yeah, I've ten. Yeah, I've heard that 12 mountains. Uh, 12 gates, and you may have heard 12, but that's the whole thing. Our message just sticks to the foundation of, of Scripture, and it really does make sense when you understand there's the science of, you know, there's, as I, I won't re-explain it again. So Yeah, and I think what you said is important because there is some crossover sometimes with the medical field into education and then sometimes into other yeah. mountains. But sometimes a way that helps me thinking about the mountains is kind of like a Venn diagram, like there is overlap um, because yeah. there are some things that are going to affect multiple mountains. And, but again, it's important that it's scriptural. So yeah, yeah it like, doesn't make a new mountain. <laughs> like the science of technology. Technology is on every mountain now. Yeah, it, it affects, affects every, every mountain. mountain. Yeah, and we use it on every mountain. Yeah. So yeah, that's very good. All right, so a couple people were asking about, this is interesting because I haven't really heard this asked in this context before, but they're asking about a seven-year civil war. Is that something that's being prophesied? Uh, no. Um, well, maybe. <laughs> I've heard, I think about everything is prophesied. I've heard talks about a civil war just because we're very divided right now about the election. But uh, they're asking, is there going to be a seven-year civil war, and how do we prepare for no. the potential conflict? Um, <laughs> I'm not hearing civil war, nor um, I think I heard about a three-year a civil war, whatever. I know that is one of the things, not to quote for her, um, Kat Kerr has said, the father has specifically said, there will not be civil war. And I think the election going the way it's supposed to be going uh, shortly when all the cases get through the court where President Trump is in is actually what will save us from a civil war because better than 70% of the people already are conservative and are with him. And that's what the information will prove. That's what the data will prove. And so our greatest danger of a civil war would be if he was not put back in, uh, you know, confirmed back as because, president. Because it would be such an injustice because it's so clearly fraudulent. Well, and behind the scenes, there's just, they're p called patriots. They're just ready. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> we, we knew you all were going to act oh up because you all always do. And you're like, okay, could you just like, Keep it down. So there is, anyway, the bigger, bigger risk of civil war would be should that injustice be there because 70% of the nation would be aware that there is an injustice Are you there. Shocking her. No. <laughs> I think you're shocking her. <laughs> oh this is Bonnie Bray, you know, picked up on the streets of LA, rescued. Sometimes she has uh, a little bit of And she has, yeah, <laughs> she has evidences of of having had a hard time before we ever found her. So anyway, having said that, um, you know, uh, it's it maybe another question coming up to Justice, because I think I had read as well what kind of preparations and different ones. There's conversation of, 
you know, dark days and, and uh, could there be a few dark days or 10 dark days or something? And, and what are the dark days and might they be media? Is it just social media or, or what? So I think just general wisdom, this is not from God at all. If you have a couple of weeks of su- yeah, supplies and food, and if, you wanna, yeah, <laughs> if you want to do more than that, that's, that's, that's fine as well. I also think that our Second Amendment rights are really important, Um, not because I think there's going to be a civil war, but I think that, in my opinion, the bigger threat right now is outside of our country and just other, you know, enemy nations aware that we all have guns is a is something that deters them. Um, It's just it's just the right thing to do as an American to to. To the degree that you feel comfortable, take advantage of our Second Amendment rights. And I'm saying that in the context of I don't think there's going to be civil war. I think that when it comes down to it, the the large majority, the large percentage of our citizens actually care about each other. We actually love each other, even when we disagree with each other. I think that because of the voice of the fake news and fake media right now and some people that have larger voices like celebrities and whatever, I think it sounds like there are more people than there are that would, um, that, that can't figure out how to get along. Yeah. You know, like I think there's some things we can agree to disagree on. We can't agree to disagree on uh, communism overtaking our country or yeah. socialism. Those are things that are, are directly opposed to our constitution, to the direction of our nation. And so yeah. I, I think that there are actually very few percentage-wise that, you know, I could be wrong, but that's my perspective. Yeah, and I think with the Second Amendment thing, like you're saying, nobody wants to attack a nation that is essentially its own militia. Like, if right. we're all armed, nobody wants to attack an armed nation. Um, and the other thing you're saying about, like, socialism and everything, right now I think that you're right about those numbers. I think there are more conservative um citizens than there are those who are so far left-leaning because the democratic party right now is actually not really very democratic they've they've really strayed from that and gone very far left um the fact that biden was the most moderate out of all of them and he is literally uh wanting to impose socialistic ways of governing just shows us (laughs) how far the party has gone and I think that the very real risk that exists is that if, as Christians, we are not stepping up, especially um, when it comes to this in education and in government, then we do run a real risk of the next generation being completely indoctrinated and becoming very far left because yeah. that's what's being taught in schools right, right. now. So if you're called to education, <laughs> this is your time because so many, um, even in elementary school now, we're hearing that critical race theory is being taught, which if you don't know what that is, you should research it sometime because it is very racist and um, very radicalizing for for people. And that's a part of, I think, what the problem is with my generation going left. Well said. And not, I'm not, this is not um, an attack on, you know, classical liberals or or Democrats. This is saying people who, they they haven't just gone left. It's far left. It is extremism. Um, And I think we have very few actual extremists in our country. Yeah. I think that right even, and left. even yeah. And I think that a lot of people that didn't vote for Trump and who would actually be sad if Trump uh when Trump is put into office again, 
I don't see those people as people that want to have a civil war with us. I don't, I don't think, no. <laughs> you know, I think of the extreme uh, as that, but I think that that would quickly be put down yeah. by our military. Yeah. I think we're going to do one or two more questions because we have some very good content. We didn't answer many questions, but I still think we have covered a wide array of topics. Right. Ooh, this is a good question. Kind of unrelated. How do you know that your messages are from God and not just what you hope will happen? I don't know if someone was trying to be a little antagonistic with this question, but it's okay. Um, do you write down your prophetic words and go back several years later to make sure that they've come to pass? I think that's it, a very fair question. Yeah, and there are... Um, I'll answer that because I'm the one really being asked. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is a good question. Is someone given uh, prophetic words because they hope it's going to happen and it's their personal desire or not? And of course, what you do look at is what that question implies. You look at what you've done before, what you've said before, and do you have it written down? And so, um, you know, I have been, I have prophetic words, we'll say on record for 25 years now, at least. And, um, and so there is a, a looking back at that and seeing, uh, we'll call it a general ac accuracy. There is missing um, aspects, timing and other things like that. And honestly, I've given so many thousands of prophetic words that I have no way of doing follow-up and knowing what exactly, because especially in the early years, there was a whole lot of personal uh, prophetic words. And I you know, hundreds of people come back and say how it was fulfilled. Um, and it happened just like I said, but I don't really know. So it's, it's really, unless you documented every single prophetic word, you, you wouldn't know, but we do have, um, we do have, um, strong case history of, of the prophetic. And, um, you know, for instance, I assume the question coming out right now has to do even with this election and yeah. this election, you have to, if, if you haven't heard this before, and I'm not, I'm just do the shortest version of it. So when the Lord first showed me that President Trump was going in a vision, President Trump winning, I literally, I was seeing the vision and saying, oh no, <laughs> because I was thinking, he, he, you know, he was going to be a rough customer there and it wasn't going to be all peaceful. And, and um, at that time I was looking at the other 17, 18 Republican candidates and they were like all pro-life and, and so this, and, and seemingly gentlemanly and all that. And so, um, but so you have to know even what I received for Trump, but the Lord immediately, when, he, when I said, oh no, he said, he's gonna save you from things you don't know you need to be saved from. And your country is gonna be known as before Trump and after Trump. And I have given him a Cyrus call and anointing. So the things that I still believe now about this election are just follow up from even what began March of 2016. But it wasn't what I was uh, primed to believe or think. So, I can I can attest to that yes, because you know. actually I, I remember it specifically during the, the year leading up with all the primaries and everything, having a lot of conversations because I was at university in California at the time and... Um, definitely more left-leaning because I didn't really, um, I mean, I grew up conservative because y'all were conservative, but I didn't really ever understand why. Uh, and so when I went to college, I was told that what I was being taught was moderate, 
it was actually far left. Yes. Um, but it, I, I accepted that. And so I actually was a Bernie supporter. And I remember you kind of like humoring me that about first, those, the first election. Yeah, those conversations in 2015, 2016, leading up to that. Um, and then when you had that vision, it really shook me up because I knew how much you hadn't. Yeah. I mean, there's another way of saying it. You didn't like him before that. Yeah. And to see you change so much, I was like, God really must have spoken this clearly to the point where when I had my ballot in my hand, I still didn't know what I was going to do. And I, I literally just stood there and I had to ask God. None of the things that you're like really strong on the record about now, five years ago, would you ever have imagined that you would be strongly on the record about? And so just as his daughter, I can attest that if you haven't known him as long, that it's clearly God speaking to you because you're not a person who is prone to um, be even that political or into right. what some people would want to call conspiracy theories and, and all of those things. Those, those were not things that you ever had an interest in until God brought them up into your mind. I have announced myself always as apolitical and that I'm just trying to find out what God wants. Even Trump, it's not really that I disliked him as a person. I just thought his style was going to be... Um, uh, you know, I didn't know he had so many abrasive. things to come from. Abrasive <laughs> for the nation, and so and and not careful, and and I was assuming we could go just sweetly into a time of peace, and didn't know all the things needed to be confronted that are being being confronted at this time, and so uh, that was that was why uh, I was. But you have to understand, even the week before the Sunday before the election, the first election, which was much harder uh, to hang in there with Trump because. Of course, it was before the election. I, I remember speaking at a California uh, church and said, on my way here today, I heard that our coming election this week, 87% chance that Hillary Clinton is going to win. I said, I'm just going to tell you she's not. And President Trump's going to win this election, and he's also going to win the next one. <laughs> and so I'm just hanging on to what um, the Lord said then, and he's still saying it now. And so, and it doesn't take that much faith on this one anymore because if you know the fraud that's out there, if you have, if you've just not been totally, um, um, you know, brainwashed through, in quote, mainstream <laughs> media, you can see that it was a landslide. And so it's just fighting and proving that at this point. This, I'm sorry, this is one last comment about that because just for those people who like hard numbers and facts, because that's kind of how I am, in case you want to know, According to how uh, the media is trying to claim the election went, Biden would have had to get at least 10 million more votes than President Obama did, who was one of the most popular presidents of all time. And just from a logical perspective, this obviously is anecdotal. Maybe but he was. Well, he he was. If, the, if that election was correct, <laughs> I'm not a I mean, to. That, that, he was the, popular. The, but the yeah. energy surrounding I him was yeah, there so was much energy. more yes. positive. I mean... He had people he drew, show up at his rallies. He drew, he drew big crowds. <laughs> yes, it was clear that he was popular. Let's just put it that way. There's no clarity about the popularity of Joe Biden, yet supposedly right. he is getting 10 million more votes than President Obama. Well, and he, they know he only won. I, I, I could I, I could spit about 10 minutes of information here, numbers, but yeah. he only won 16% of the counties of the United States of America. And he got the most votes in history. Right. So, like, there's, there's all kinds of violations. There's just a lot that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't line up. And I know what we're saying is just anecdotal, but hopefully that will spark your mind to want to look into it more if you're still on the fence. But Let me add something more related to the question about uh, Dad's prophetic, prophetic yeah. gift. You know, I 
prophetic gift, whether you're in the office of a prophet or you just use the prophetic gift that you have because you have a relationship with Holy Spirit, it doesn't operate in a vacuum. None of the gifts do. Um, we partner with God. And so whatever, whatever gift we're using, whether it's a prophetic gift or a healing gift, God's okay with the fact that, that part of us is in it too. Um, now, if it's just our opinion and we're blaming our opinion on God, thus saith the Lord, and it's just our opinion, that's dangerous territory. But some of our, our personality and our strengths spiritually are going to be mixed in with the gift that we use. And I will say that Johnny has, um, even stronger than his prophetic gift, is a gift of faith. And it is generational, and he just has faith. I mean, he he just he has deep tap roots of faith. And so, when he goes to prophesy, whether it's over a person or a situation or a nation, or um, you know something where he's interpreting maybe the a horse race or something like that, it's all through the grid of a hopeful perspective because that's who he is. And he sees God as a God that that is good and that loves us and always has redemption in mind with everything and everyone. So when he prophesies, there is that gift of faith mixed in, and it is a hope-filled perspective. Um, I would rather him err on that side. I'd rather, you know, he, he have to apologize because he thought something was going to turn out better than it did rather than prophesy something that causes fear in people's hearts and in the heart of a nation. And um, I think if you're going to prophesy something that is correctional or directional or, um, or really like catastrophic, you've got to have so much wisdom with it. And I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that God has used Johnny in a more hope-filled, prophetic um, yeah. way of prophesying. Yeah. 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 Hopefully that yeah, helps, give some insight. I mean, imagine the negative way all this could have been prophesied. There's a whole, you could have prophesied the whole dark side, but instead we get hope yeah. along the way, which is great. And it does come on the backdrop also of the theology that we believe. And the theology that we believe is also a hopeful perspective. It's it's that we can actually partner with Jesus's prayer that heaven would come to earth. And how much heaven can come to earth before Jesus returns? We don't really know, but we're going to go for it yeah. and we're going to we're going to err on the side of prophesying as much heaven to earth as we can possibly yeah. prophesy. And I know we're we're done. I'll just say this one last thing and, and echoing what Elizabeth's saying and Justice as well and what I was saying earlier. I also, you know, have an assignment from the Lord to be an encourager. And he has told me that I am an officer in the in the army. And you can call it being a prophet, being an apostle, or combination or in and out of that. But he just let me know that one of the most important things that an officer is to do is to keep the troops encouraged. Mm, that's right. And it's a, it's a top priority for a general to keep the troops encouraged. George Washington was losing battle after battle after battle, but he'd turn around and tell the troops how it was somehow very, very good. Now, I'm, I don't want to be doing that, and I don't have a history of telling 
a lot of uh, uh, wins, battle wins that that are losses. But right. it's he understood, and ultimately he did win the war because he was able to keep the troops encouraged um, with and and on point and on task. We'll say with their kingdom assignment, and so that is part of what my responsibility is, and I don't ever forget that. Yeah. All right. This has been good. Um, yes, it's been really, really good. Thank y'all both. And I also just want to say that I'm very proud as y'all's daughter of how y'all have stayed encouraging people and steadfast in what God has spoken. Cause I've seen a lot of leaders, um, really disappoint a lot of uh, young conservatives where, you know, who are Christians, who we are believing that we're going to see justice and believing that we're going to see God pull through in these areas. And then we've had a lot of leaders, um, kind of lose courage and so i'm really really thankful not only that i get to be your daughter but just that there are leaders like y'all who are encouraging people right now thank you thanks for watching y'all if you want to see more q a videos let us know and this is kind of weird because we're just like in our living room and it's pretty relaxed but i hope you guys liked it and yeah you can comment you can like you can subscribe that's what the the kids are saying these days so Maybe this is a PS at the end, a little surprise footage. Um, They probably want to know, how are you doing since the pageant? Since you were uh, in the Miss USA pageant. Um, Yeah, I actually forgot about that for a second, which is funny because it's been my whole life for the last couple of years. Right. I'm doing really well. Um, I think that I was having to process through a whole lot of emotions after the pageant. But I'm really excited because um, God has some very exciting things for me coming up in the future. And I'm able to have more time with Chris, more time with y'all. And um, I really feel called to doing something in the political amount of government. I don't know exactly what that is yet. So I'm excited Vote that for I, justice. <laughs> I'm excited that I get to, you know, be a little bit more vocal now because when I'm representing all of Tennessee at Miss USA. I want to make sure I represent every Tennessean. So I tried not to be um, too polarizing at that point. And I still want to be understanding of people who have different backgrounds and different political views. But I also want to have the freedom to say what I believe because I think uh, truth does set us free. And I think I like to think what I believe is true (laughs) and that I have found some truth. So, um, And when do you give up your Miss Tennessee title? I will crown the next Miss Tennessee on March 13th. So I'm really, really excited about it. I think it would have been sad if it had just the year had been normal and I had only had one year, but because I've had over a year, now I'm like, okay. The longest reigning (laughs) Miss Tennessee ever. Yeah, I am. Um, I feel ready and excited and I feel like I have aged like five years in the last year and a half. So I feel very ready to move on to the next. And lastly, can you tell them where you're headed this week? Yes, I'm really excited because I'm going with some of my um, pageant friends to Turning Point USA, their Student Action Summit. So if you don't know about Turning Point USA and you're a millennial or actually I guess like more Gen Z now because millennials, we're like all done with college now. (laughs) But um, Gen Z, I guess y'all are in college now. Um, Turning Point USA is the largest conservative student organization in the country, maybe in the world. And Run by Charlie Kirk. Yes, Charlie Kirk, who is my age. And so I'm really excited, even though I'm not a student and I'm not really in their demographic. I'm really excited to be around young people who are passionate about um, conservatism and 
you know, finding truth and protecting our um, inalienable rights and all of those things. And hopefully learning from some of the, the leaders like Charlie Kirk, who are leading this next generation, you know, as I'm moving forward in political things. So, well, keep us posted. I will. <laughs> Thanks for watching, y'all. Yes.